Hey, Sabri. What should we do on today's podcast? The same thing we do every podcast, James. Try to save the world. It's Aubrey and James. It's Aubrey and James. One is a jock. The other plays games. Welcome, everybody, back to episode 17 of Two Fools Save the World. Sabri, what's going on, man? Oh, man. Well, it's been, we missed another week, so that's a little bummer. Uh, me and James were both busy last week, so we couldn't make the show. But we're we're back this week, and we're back stronger than ever. Why is that, James? <laughs> well, premise of this episode is actually we're talking fantasy football, and I apologize to our lady listeners for this week. So I'll talk to you next week. But what Sabri thinks last week that we actually them. they love football too. They love it. They know they love it. Yep. So secretly, since we didn't do last week, I was secretly researching, and now I, I am the mastermind of fantasy football. Not really. Uh, it's been freaking hot outside, too, dude. It's been hot less to, like, sit in front of a computer. Yep. It has been hot, but that's why I got the air conditioning on, and um, I don't have that nest thing where it turns off the air. I just got it flowing the whole time. So a little history behind us. I am a former champion of the LOL League. Sabri is a quote-unquote three-time champion of the whoa, 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 whoa. and I stand by quote-unquote three-time champion. If he wants to say something different, I'll let you know it's fake, but I want you to oh. know it's three-time champ. <laughs> I will, and you will too. You better learn to respect the four-time champion. Four-time <laughs> champion of the League of Legends Fantasy Football League. Thank you very much. In addition, we are actually having our first foolish guest, who is and also a champion in his own right, toilet bowl champion. <laughs> I'd like to introduce our good friend, Joseph. What's up, Joseph? Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, introing me as the, the true uh, toilet champion I am. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, we only bring champions on this podcast, so you know, feel, feel <laughs> proud to be part of that legacy. Uh, glad to have you on, Joe. I'm happy to be here, guys. And of course, before we get into the nitty gritty, we always want to bring up this segment that we like to call a little good news. So a lot of things obviously has been going on in the world. So we always like to share a little bit of some good news, especially for me, things about saving the planet. And there's an initiative going on right now playing for the planet so everybody knows obviously i'm a gamer so different mobile game developers uh big developers like sony and everything like that are getting together and they're bringing awareness to climate uh the climate crisis and trying to bring more awareness around renewable energy and everything and they're almost getting close to 250 million gamers in this protect the planet initiative so literally gamers are saving the planet and i think that's pretty awesome that is pretty awesome i think that's cool Especially to get video gamers to do it. Absolutely. 100%. Save the energy. Save the world. It sounds like that TV show. What was it called? I think that Heroes. was it was Heroes. Yeah. Uh, save the cheerleader. Save the world. Except this time the cheerleader. The cheerleader is the fact the uh, the world. Yeah. The energy. So what you're saying is we need to save more cheerleaders. Got it. That's, All right. That's I, like, the I like your good news. Your good <laughs> news is pretty awesome. That's the energy. <laughs> All right, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, here I come. Unless my wife is listening, then just kidding. All right, my good news. So last week in California, a local police officer pulled a man out of the train tracks right before uh, he was about to get hit by a train. 
and I was reading it, and I was like, man, this is pretty good news. But they had a video, and that video, oh, man. I'm talking about, like, seconds, maybe two to five seconds. This man was in an electric wheelchair. It got somehow he was going over the tracks, and it got stuck. And he couldn't get out, and the police officer, Erica Urea, was just patrolling. She saw the man stuck. She got out of her car. She saw the train coming, and her body cam witnessed it all. So I was able to see the video. Oh, man, that was crazy. That dude was about to, like, literally die because he couldn't get out of the wheelchair. She pulled him out with all her body weight. They both fell backwards, and the train just flew right by them in a matter of seconds. So because of her heroic act, Erica Urea saved that man, and he's able to live and tell the story. So I thought that was some pretty cool news. Wow. Real-life superheroes. I love it. I know, right? They're everywhere. So, Joseph, I know you're new to our podcast, but do you have any new uh, good news you'd like to share? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I definitely have some good news I want to uh, share. And I did come prepared being a listener of the podcast. I know that it is deeply rooted in the uh, the Rona virus. And so I had to I had to bring up something that I felt would help ease some people give them an excuse to get out of their homes in a very safe way. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but, uh, you know, kind of kudos to Walmart, man. So Walmart is actually doing an initiative to create drive-in movie theaters in their parking lots and all the showings are free. So they paired up with the Tribeca film festival. So they're, they're, doing these these setups and it, it's all going to be in their parking lots you, you come in you park it, just like it's a drive-in movie theater and you're gonna you're gonna watch movies there for free um and some of them aren't too bad i mean uh they they have uh you know et ghostbusters uh they're gonna have what uh black panther Pokemon Detective Pikachu. They have uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. They got all kinds of different things. I I mean, it just depends on kind of like it's a wide variety. It's not going to be like just one movie that they're going to, you know, beat over the head, you know, to everyone that shows up. So I thought that was pretty cool. If you are interested in going, uh, they do have a a website dedicated to it. It's uh, the WalmartDriveIn.com. So again, that's the walmartdrivein.com and you guys can go there and, and check it out. And I just, like I said, I can't believe I'm, I'm, that's kind of my good news, but because I'm not really normally a huge fan of Walmart, but <laughs> I just well, thought that, that was kind of cool. <laughs> that is good news. Cause uh, we could sign James up right now for the Pikachu movie. Well, I'm trying to think where my nearest Walmart is at, man. So I can give me a spot in line. Shit. <laughs> you, you know, what's funny is. We have uh, the Walmart. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, every, the movie's free. Go inside for a snack. <laughs> and all their snacks are going to be at the front door. Watch. Well, well, that's what I was thinking. You know, like I want to get some popcorn or something like that. How do I do that? I have to get outside and go into Walmart and actually, you know, pick up some candy and whatnot and go back to the car and watch a movie. I could see that happening. Uh, That'd be cool. Hey, put me down for the Pikachu movie with a bag of peanut M&Ms. I'm good. Dude, like some of those Walmarts, though, man, they got McDonald's in there. Get a couple of like cheeseburgers and a couple of you know Sundays and whatnot. Go back to the car. Sounds like a good time. 
It does sound like a good time. All right. Let's make it happen. All right. Podcast over, everybody. We're going to Walmart. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the show. (laughs) So going up into what the nitty gritty of this podcast actually is, is fantasy football. Now, before this, both Sabri and Joe took it upon themselves to make a little bit of a list of some of their favorite players and some of the players they don't, not necessarily favorite players, but players that they like this season and players that they don't. Each of them have a little bit of different style as far as drafting. Sabri is a little more, actually, why don't you say that, Sabri? What do you say your drafting style is like? What you, you know what? I'd love to hear it from Joe. So before we get into this, me, Joe, and James have been in the League of Legends for about eight to nine years. James wasn't in the first year. So we've been playing fantasy football for a while now. Me and Joe has been in leagues before that. I've known James since high school, so I've known me and James have been in leagues before that. And all three of us worked together at the same company at one point. So there's a lot of sports talk and back and forth. Joe is one of those people who gives a lot of good input, a lot of different input, and he always thinks he's right, which is wrong because if you listen to this podcast, we always know I am right. But I'd love to hear what Joe thinks of my fantasy football style. So go ahead, Joe. Well, I, I think your style is is you like to take the, the best uh, deal or the best value pick that's on the board, whether it's in a draft or in an auction style uh, fantasy football league. Yeah, I would say I can agree with that. I look for values. I am definitely not a trend follower. I am a trend setter. And I could say the same thing about Joseph. Joseph is, I like to call Joseph though, my dinosaur champion. So, even though even though Joseph has not won a championship in my league, he has won in well, other leagues. You forget. Yes, he has. Joe's is a champion. Well, okay. I'm not counting the toilet. <laughs> James, be nice. He's a guest. So I'm not counting I'm hey, not counting the toilet bowl. Champion. I'm calling my man a champion. <laughs> that sounds pretty positive, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> so so I have been in other leagues with Joseph and he tends to set trends also he goes against the grain sometimes it hurts him and sometimes it turns him into uh, champions but i would call him the dinosaur champion because he tends to do better at the older formats the standard formats and in our league we have a little more modern format we're we're both going to try to give you the best advice possible for some fantasy football we're both excited and uh james will throw in his two cents also but he's going to be moderating making sure me and joe stay in line because we tend to go at each other sometimes i got that band hammer ready <laughs> we got what do you go. think before we get into it do you think i gave an accurate uh description of your draft style joe i yeah maybe um <laughs> that's and, a no people that's a no i, I think I think you uh, I think you fail to acknowledge the fact that in the history of your league, the League of Legends, that you and I have had two most dominating seasons of any team that's ever been assembled and put in there. The only difference is is 
yours uh, resulted in a championship and mine did not, unfortunately. Courtesy of, oh, wait, our uh, moderator. I was just going to say, who was the one that beat him? <laughs> I totally was thinking, like, was that that year? It was. So I would like to give a description on this. That's yeah, little, you, you uh, need to tell a story about that. So I will even say Joe's team that year might have been better than um, one of my teams that was pretty dominant. But looking back on it, like Joe's team was really good. He was sweeping through the league. We're in the playoffs, the the championship, the second to last round to make it to the championship. The semifinals, right? Yeah. And Joe beats James. So we're into the championship week, and I get this text message. I happen to be sitting on the crapper while I get this text message. And I read it, and it's from Joe, and he's saying, hey, what happened? I'm not in the championship game. And I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? And I look it up as soon as uh, I get off, and sure enough, it shows James in the championship round. And being the player that James is, which is all due to voodoo and luck, (laughs) somehow there was a stat correction that was big enough to take James or to take Joe out of the playoffs and put James in the championship round. And that is how Joseph did not win the championship because if Joe would have been in the championship week, he would have blew everybody out. But because of that stack correction and James voodoo doll, James was in and Joe was out. So that's a little history behind uh, those two. What's the even funnier part of that story too was I was completely had no clue that I was actually in the finals until the day before the actual final game. I remember specifically I was at a Kins, uh, I don't know, not a Kinsonietta, but I was at, uh, I think, a, a party. And Sabri was texting me and I was looking at it. And I was like, you know, in the middle of like eating my tamales and stuff that I was getting putting hot sauce on. And I looked at it and I see Sabri's all like, hey, change your lineup. And I'm all like, why am I going to change my lineup for a consolation? Like, like, no, dude, you're in the finals. Like, literally put down a tamale. That's how important that text was. I put down a tamale. I got up and I looked, I went outside to get better reception to look at the actual, like, who's the matchup is. And sure enough, I saw I beat Joe by 0.2 points to <laughs> advance to the finals. And I was like, oh, crap. And ended up losing to, I forgot who it was that year. Because of Odell Beckham, I couldn't sub him out. In my defense, I gave you more than a couple days warning. What you do with those days is on you, my friend. It was the day before, literally. Because I know I couldn't yes. I couldn't swap out Odell Beckham. Or, and I was like, oh, because it was a Thursday game. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Oh, well, it's over. Sorry for, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. All right, so this is how we're going to do this. James is going to be the moderator. James is. We gave James a list of players, me and Joe. James is going to throw out players, and we're both going to give our input of what we think of their rank according to ESPN rankings and what we think of them as fantasy players. So, James, uh, feel free to go in whatever order you want, and me and Joe will respond. Yep. We're basically going to go by position. So we're going to, I'm going to bring up quarterback first. I'm going to look at the list that both Sabri and Joe submitted and just pick a couple of random players on here for the most part, or at least players that kind of stand out. Like I'm kind of curious, like both of you guys actually said no to Josh Allen. And that makes me kind of curious. Why? I guess we'll go with Sabri first. Why no to Josh Allen? So I'm actually a fan of Josh Allen in fantasy, 
but it seems like everybody else has caught on to that because ESPN has him ranked at number seven. And as the number seven quarterback, no, not Josh Allen. He should not be going at number seven. He gives you a great floor, but he has no potential to win you a week. He's not really one of those quarterbacks that I would say should be drafted in the top 10 just because there's no ceiling for him. He gives you a a nice standard floor. He doesn't really have the greatest accuracy. People are drafting him way too early for um, where I think he should be drafted. Okay, that's fair. Joseph, same question. Why Josh? Why not Josh Allen? So same thing. I I mean, I loved uh, Josh Allen last year as a value grab, and I grabbed him on all of my fantasy teams last season and had him stashed away, and he performed wonderful last season. But I, I think I think one of the big issues that's going on is there's a lot of hype around Buffalo possibly being the class of the division now that the Patriots have they've kind of they, they have half of their defense out due to COVID um, and Tom Brady's no longer there. Uh, so I, I think a lot of people are expecting Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to take the next step as a team. And I think in part they're expecting him to put up better numbers than what he had last year but i i i don't think he's gonna i I think josh allen's a fine quarterback if you can get him as a value pick pull the trigger but you you should probably know going into it that they're trying to get him not to run as much that was one of the big uh critiques of josh allen uh, last season was that he ran a lot and he did get a lot of rushing yards for a quarterback to help kind of balance out some of the points he was getting each week. So I I have a hunch you're not going to see him running as much because, it, you know, Stefan Diggs was traded to Buffalo. They have a stable of running backs. They drafted another one. So I think they're going to try to get him to stay a little bit more in the pocket. You're not going to get those those bonus points off of him rushing as much. And when I look at him and kind of the tier of quarterbacks that he's in, I mean, they have him in the same tier as, uh, you know, like a Matt Ryan or uh, a Carson Wentz, uh, a Tom Brady, uh, you know, even a Daniel Jones. Um, you know, and I just I don't know if Josh Allen is as good of a thrower as a Matt Ryan. In fact, I would go ahead and say Matt Ryan's probably a better thrower than Allen. Yeah. So just to stay on that running topic, if we asked you, James, who do you think had the most touchdowns running as a quarterback between Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen, who would you choose? Most touchdowns. Interesting. Rushing. Yeah, rushing touchdowns. Because I, I don't think it was Lamar Jackson. I want to say it was uh, Deshaun Watson. So obviously it was Josh Allen because we're talking about Josh <laughs> Allen. But that's my uh, point. Do you think Do you think Josh Allen is going to run for the most touchdowns again? So the like way he hadn't, I don't feel like he he's going to do that. Like the way I look at it, and how I mean, Allen, he's not necessarily on my pickup list and one to look out for, but he's not on my don't list either. I see the addition of Stefan Diggs as a, as a diff, as another threat to have down the field that Allen now has the ability to throw to. Even uh, Devin Singletary, I, yeah, on the running back, he's a good you know catch and run court, uh, catch and run 
running back as well, I see he has more threats to be able to throw to. So that kind of makes him a little more valuable for me to look at. If I end up with Josh Allen as a quarterback, I wouldn't be upset. Well, you probably overpaid for him, but that's cool. Who do you got next for us? Look at additional to your quarterback list here. Both of you guys agree on Goff, and I agree with that too. Uh, some of the other questionable ones, like I'm looking at Joe, have he has a just, just so the users know when you say agree on Goff, we like Goff. Goff is as far as somebody to pick up. So, and I agree yeah. with that too. Goff is Goff. You have Joe. You have Jimmy Garoppolo as a don't, but yet you have Teddy Bridgewater as a do. Why is that? Yeah. So one of the one of the things that kind of drives me nuts when I look at fantasy projections in um, that that a lot of experts put out is they'll put out a projection saying that, for example, someone like a Christian McCaffrey is gonna just you know storm the fantasy world this upcoming season and put up even more points and and things like that. But um, that the style of back that McCaffrey is, he's a pass catching back. He, he, he can run between the tackles if he has to, but they like to get him out in space. They like to get him the ball. Uh, and and with the, the new head coaching changes and whatnot, you're going to see a more potent offense. You're going to see a lot more passing going on. Uh, you're going to see more of a wide open spreads and things like that. You're going to see... You're going to see Christian McCaffrey used in, in a variety of ways, uh, just the same way he was last season, but he's going to have better people around him. And I, I just feel like you can't disassociate his production from Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be throwing him the ball. So he is going to proxy benefit fantasy-wise from having Christian McCaffrey on his team as a target to throw to. I mean, for someone to say that Bridgewater is not an upgrade over the quarterback situation that they had there last year would just be foolish. So I, I just don't see how Bridgewater is being ranked where he is because he didn't, you know, he didn't play a full season last year. He sat behind Drew Brees and the games that he filled in for, for Drew Brees, I mean, he posted wonderful numbers he he wasn't a slouch so i don't i don't see why people would not be picking up teddy bridgewater look if you're not all in on him and you don't think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback that's totally fine but i think you could sneak him as a backup on your bench and i would not be surprised if he overtook whoever you take in earlier rounds to be your starter so when you say that do you think when you say overtake, do you think he's going to be top 12 relevant? I think he could be top 12 relevant, yeah. Because I, I look at the projections. That's all I'm saying. If you look at the projections that people are putting out there for the wide receiver core in Carolina and for Christian McCaffrey, you can't post those numbers with a quarterback that's going to end up being ranked 24th in the league. So if you believe in the numbers that they're projecting on those players, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a top 12 quarterback and people are sleeping on it. So here's my issue with Teddy Bridgewater. What team was he on last year? He's on the saints. So yes. So when he did play those few games, he was serviceable. He was a game manager. The saints were not a high scoring team. Like they normally were. They were definitely a run first team. And with Teddy Bridgewater, you're gonna, you're saying McCaffrey this, McCaffrey that, but didn't the Saints have Kamara? 
who is comparable to McCaffrey. Oh, and I disagree. He's, well, he's Kamara's not McCaffrey. Not. How can he's, you say Kamara is comparable to McCaffrey when McCaffrey posted uh, because what, the you second have, highest total fantasy points, including all positions last season? The only person this, to finish behind was Lamar Jackson. Is this the McCaffrey talk or the Bridgewater talk? This is the Bridgewater so, talk. Okay. It's so, connected. So the as a what? But that's my point. If you have a top five running back as is Kamara and he was average at best, what's he going to do with another top five running back? He also had Michael Thomas, who was the number one wide receiver last year. He's nowhere near getting a top five receiver going to Carolina. I don't think he's going to be a top 12. I actually think it's irrelevant that we're talking about Bridgewater because he's a streamer at best. If you want to argue that Bridgewater is a week-to-week pickup, fine. That's fine. Pick him up. But to draft him, no. Don't draft him. Wait for the right week to pick him up on the waivers. You'll stream him for free. You won't waste any draft pick on him, and it'll be fine. But so, don't waste a don't waste a pick on Bridgewater. So, so you're so you're down on Bridgewater, filling in for Drew Brees in a run first offense last season, because mm-hmm. he facilitated that. And he's oh no, I'm not. That's more... a mistake. I think he's. I'm down on him because he's on the Panthers. They're not going to be that good. Panthers are going to be. Yeah, you're right. They're not going to be good. That's why it's perfect. Be okay. The Panthers are going to run. A passing a pass first offense they're going to be playing from behind constantly because they are not good and they're going to have a spread out wide receiver system i'm not saying the panthers are going to win or be good or anything i'm just saying the opportunity there for him to no, be a top 12 quarterback is definitely there with the weapons that he has provided you can't tell me dj moore is going to be you know, the the 14 ranked wide receiver in fantasy McCaffrey the number one and McCaffrey's and you know this McCaffrey depends on receiving the ball that's why he's the number one running back to take in fantasy this year you can't tell me that that type of production is going to come from someone you know other than Bridgewater Bridgewater is the one that's going to be throwing him the ball he by proxy is going to be the beneficiary of those projections and what those guys will do I'm not arguing with you about McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey will be fine. I don't know if he'll have the year he had last year, but I'm just saying if you don't think Bridgewater is a top 12, which I don't, then he's not worth this conversation. Don't draft him. I would tell you draft Bridgewater, stash him away on your bench. I'm not telling you to burn an early round pick on him, but people aren't paying attention to what's going to be going on there in Carolina and the the type of offense they're bringing in. It's going to yield better numbers than him being number 24. All right. Yeah, I do think he uh, Bridgewater is actually higher than what he is ranked. I don't believe he's a top 12 quarterback. But he's fallen in line with a particular quarterback that neither of you two mentioned that I kind, I kind of think that this is Teddy Bridgewater and this other quarterback is on the same level, which is uh, Baker Mayfield. Who do you guys? How do you guys feel about Baker Mayfield? You want to go first, Joe? Uh, you go ahead. You go first. I'm curious to hear what you're going to say about Baker this year. So I'm actually iffy about Baker Mayfield. I am okay if you waste a late-round draft pick on him. I necessarily would not draft him based on his name or his uh, rookie draft pick. 
I they got a new coach coming in who is a run first coach. He has a talented core of receivers and running backs. They improved the offensive line. So I'm I'm borderline. I'm okay if someone drafted him. Definitely above Teddy Bridgewater. If you want to put him between that 12 to 16 range, I'm not going to argue with anybody. He definitely has potential. It's just going to be how does he do this year? I, I He's one of those I'm not sure. I do like him better than some. Um, according to the ESPN rankings, he's number 17. I would definitely take him above Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger. Then they have the – I would take him above Matthew Stafford. Um, then they, they go into the Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Drew Brees. I'm not sure if I would take him above those quarterbacks. We'll have to wait and see how he looks in the offseason. But I think there's potential. I think I think he if he finished in top 12, I wouldn't be surprised. And if he didn't finish in top 12, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if that's a good answer. So both of you shouldn't be surprised of why I like Baker Mayfield, the way his actually gunslinger mentality is, and who was my favorite quarterback of all time, Brett Favre, obviously. <laughs> the way that Baker Mayfield, or the stacked talent that Baker Mayfield had should have been a top 10 quarterback last year. And if you remember, I went all in on Baker Mayfield. Like I drafted him. He was part of my team. I was like, hurrah, let's go Baker Mayfield. And what happened? I almost became total book champion. So that could kind of say how, what Baker Mayfield stock is, but I still, he's still on my list. Cause so I, let me, go ahead. so let me, let me comment on that real fast. So the thing that you have to weigh out here with Baker Mayfield is the, is the draft capital that's going to be used to get him on your team. Right. So if you're if you're drafting in a round by round draft and you can get him late, I think I think that's a steal. If you can get him in later rounds in the draft and you load up on wide receivers or running backs early on, whatever strategy you like to use, and then you snipe Baker Mayfield to be your starter, I, I don't see how that would be a bad move at all this year. I mean, when you when you look and I'm just referencing what ESPN has up right now today, Tom Brady at number nine and you have Baker Mayfield at 17. I mean, what's the difference between the two of them? That that would be my question. I think Baker Mayfield has better weapons around him. I think he's got a better offensive line. I think uh, I think the offense Mayfield is going to get here with. Uh, uh, Stepanski or whatever his name is, uh, or Stefanski. Sorry, sorry, all you Minnesota people. I think, I think he'll do fine. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be top twelve relevant this year and not a streamer. Uh, I mean, if I was if I was drafting a team and I ended up with Baker Mayfield and Teddy Bridgewater on my team, I'd be perfectly happy with that because. I, I do believe that one of those two will end up as a top 12 quarterback this season or better. Um, the the thing about Baker Mayfield that makes it interesting is because you have Nick Chubb and uh, Hunt there in the backfield. Yes, it, it is a, a, a run first offense, but it's a it's a very balanced offense that Stefanski runs. OK, and when he ran it in Minnesota, they they ended up hosting, I believe they were the uh, the seventh best rushing attack and the sixth best passing attack, and it was because they were running a lot of play action passing through Kirk Cousins 
to Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Now, if you guys remember, I believe this was two or three seasons ago, that was when Thielen and Diggs really came onto the scene for fantasy. And I think you could see a definite resurgence there in Cleveland for, you know, other other people that are involved in that offense as well. I, I think you could see a, a solid year out of Odell Beckham. You'll see one probably out of Landry. And yeah, uh, it, it goes back to Baker Mayfield's going to benefit from that play action passing. They're not going to be able to just blitz him and, and mow him down like they did last season. Moving on, uh, right from quarterbacks now, we're going to go running backs. Now, running backs is interesting because both you, uh, Sabri, and Joe actually listed a player as a don't, as a do. Sabri, you have Cam Akers as a don't, and Joe, you have Cam Akers as a do. Sabri, why don't you like Cam Akers? Well, for one, he's a rookie running back. We don't know what he's going to do during this off or this season because there is no off season. It's going to be hard for him to start right off the bat um just playing he also has two running backs in front of him that were drafted i believe in similar rounds he was drafted in so even though he was the newest uh running back drafted they've done this the previous two years in around the same draft spot so i don't think it's guaranteed that he is gonna start or play as much time as everybody else thinks he's gonna play also, we got to remember that um, Sean McVay is the coach. I believe he is. He likes to be balanced, but I'm not sure he's going to lean heavily on his running backs. I think he's going to lean on his quarterback and wide receivers since they actually took him to the Super Bowl. Interesting. Okay, Joe. So I, the thing that actually should have – probably Sabri laughing because Sabri knows me very well. I, I am very anti-rookie running back. I am super anti-rookie running back. I don't believe in drafting them. I don't like pulling them onto my team. I, you just can't trust them. They're, they're not used to the rigors of the NFL getting through a, a season in one piece. Usually they come out the first few weeks, they're on fire, and then you can trade them uh, for a veteran that's maybe underperforming that could pay you benefits down the down the road further down the road uh, during the season. Cam Akers is a sneaky play, in my opinion. If you look, he was a sneaky grab in the draft by the Rams. He had some of the best yards after carry numbers in all of uh, college football last year. So I, unfortunately, so I was hoping that they would get some type of preseason work in something I, I do agree with Sabri with it, it makes him a little bit more risky because they haven't had the preseason um, workouts and whatnot that usually rec- rookies benefit from. So I just, I like Cam Akers. I have him on my radar. Um, the, the Rams drafted him to be a three down back for them. And I don't, it, it may not happen this year because of COVID. It, it's just very sketchy. So, you know, I'm not going to tell people at this particular time and date for sure draft the guy, but you you definitely want to keep him on your radar. And if you got to drop someone from your team and and and, you know, you want to replace them with anything, I I would grab a guy like a Cam Akers and stash him away or possibly a a late season, uh, maybe later in the season. He you know, after he gets some reps and some work in, he'll he'll see some action on the field. But 
I'm curious, yeah. Joe. So what what round are you thinking to pick up Cam Akers? Because he is going to get drafted. Someone will be high. What round are you hoping to get him in? Probably later rounds. Like you're you're probably going to have to get depending on the the style league you have. He would probably be my my second running back off the bench. I would probably draft him into that spot. So if you don't have like your your stable of you know two three four running backs, depending on what league you, type of league you have, I would probably probably shy away from him until I have my my running back situation feeling I'd want to feel more confident in my running back situation before I would snipe him. So, I mean, I would say if you're, if you're grasping at straws in later rounds, grab veterans, don't grab him. But if you've already grabbed a few solid running backs in earlier rounds and you you're feeling good about where you're at in the the draft and you you want to take a flyer on someone, I would take a flyer on cam makers. So I'm going to, I'm curious. So a lot of these few running backs are in his tier. I'm curious, who would you take? Raheem Mostert or Cam Akers? I would take Cam Akers. Okay. Kareem Hunt. No, no, no explanation. I'm just curious who you would take. Kareem Hunt. I would take Kareem Hunt. Okay. Ronald Jones. I would take Ronald Jones. All right. J.K. Dobbins, who is another rookie. Uh, I would stay away from Dobbins. So you would go Cam Akers? Yeah, I'd go Cam Akers over J.K. Okay, so you're yeah, so essentially you're looking at him at late mid round to towards the end of the rounds. So yeah, that's I don't I mean, have it's... an issue with that. I think he's gonna go earlier than that, but I don't have an issue with taking him towards the end of the draft. It's time and place and opportunity, I think, with, with someone like a Cam Akers because the, the Rams want him to be their starter. He They want him to be the three-down back. I don't think they have faith in Daryl Henderson, and I think right now um, they're showing Malcolm Brown as number one on the depth chart at that position, but that's only because he's the veteran, the, the, the only veteran that's left on the roster with um, what's-his-head leaving for Atlanta. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, yeah. With Todd Gurley leaving for Atlanta, Malcolm Brown's the only veteran left, and Daryl Henderson really didn't. I mean, he got in some work last season, but it wasn't anything, you know, impressive or. Worth, and everything you, know. you say, it's it's my main point of why you shouldn't draft Cam Akers. <laughs> so, hit us with another player, James. Cam Akers though, is an interesting thing because Gurley went to Atlanta. That's interesting. And also for the listeners out there, because those of us who – or anybody who's listening and saying, you know, where's Christian McAfee? Where is Ezekiel Elliott? Where's Devin Cook? Everybody knows if you have the opportunity to draft McCaffrey, get McCaffrey. If you have the opportunity to draft Barkley, draft Barkley. Same with Ezekiel Elliott. The top five in that category is Christian McCaffrey, Shaquan Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Devin Cook, and Alvin Kamara. But – one thing I want to point out is that on Joe's list, he has Alvin Kamara as a do not draft. And I'm curious to see your reasons why that. Draft capital, draft opportunity. I just, the thing that makes Alvin Kamara a a dangerous back is he gets a lot of passing. He, he receives a lot of passes out of the backfield from Drew Brees. I don't think that's going to happen this season. I don't think he's going to see the volume. And I think even with the potential of someone like a Derrick Henry seeing some regression in his statistics from Tennessee, I would rather have Derrick Henry than Alvin Kamara because I, I think 
up uh, Latavius Murray. He's going to go touchdown vulture, I think, when you get inside the red zone. And I think you're going to see him stealing a lot of touchdowns from Alvin Kamara. So that's that's my reason I'm not big on Alvin Kamara this year. I I like I like a lot of other running backs that are going in his tier much more than Alvin Kamara. Okay, fair play. Have to fall. Okay, have to fall for me to take him. Sabri, do you have anything to say against that? Well, I'm curious when he says he has to fall. How low are you talking? Because that a um, bit at some point you're drafting Kamara. Yeah, he's, he's ranked fifth. I mean, yeah, if you can get, if you had a choice of picking, you know, Alvin Kamara versus Derek. Well, Derek Henry, I kind of agree with that. But if you have like Nick, wait, Chubb you would go, Alvin you Kamara. both would draft Derek Henry above Kamara, dude. Henry's a monster. Are we talking about the PPR or standard league? PPR. Either. 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 Interesting. Well, then there's our argument. He has some, no way. There's he has no them vegan powers, dude. Like Tennessee is going the whole plant-based pro style. They got vegan powers, and vegan powers take you all the way. Dude, would... you eat, that's even more reason not to draft Henry. <laughs> you can't draft a running back that doesn't eat meat. What are you trying to do? Draft the all sissy team, dude. First hey. of all. I mean, no. ask, ask Baltimore I how mean, they feel about hey, Tennessee and the Powers. If you think that's bad, I'm ready to, to blow your mind. I would take Dalvin Cook over Kamara and Derrick Henry. No, that's better. You didn't impress me I'm not too – Go home. I mean, yeah, I, I, no, I kind of no, agree no. with that. that but. So let's, let's do some stats right now. Derrick Henry last year rushed the ball 300 times. Alvin Kamara – um, rushed the ball 170. Henry almost did double. Okay. Now, if we go to uh, the receptions, he, Henry had what? So Henry had um, 18 receptions for the whole year. Alvin Kamara had 81 receptions. That's over. That's around 60 points just on catches. Do you think Henry's going to get 300 rushing attempts this year? If the answer is no, there's no way you could draft Henry above Kamara because Will. their point their their points per game is like almost equal. Henry, look, Henry is going to have some regression in his rushing stats and Kamara is going to have regression, I believe, in his rushing and in his receiving stats because I think I think Latavius Murray is going to vulture some some of the the red zone work away from him. And I'm still not convinced Kamara is going to be healthy the entire season. Well, you could say the same thing about every football player. You can't. You really you can, draft. but I just, that, that's a really asterisk on this season, quote unquote, healthy with the COVID nineteen yeah. and everything too. And you know that's one th- topic that we didn't talk about. Aside from everybody that we're actually talking about, there's a good chance on any given week an entire team can't play because they're in quarantine. It's possible. Well. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. But for Derrick Henry to beat Kamara, Derrick Henry has to rush the ball 300 times, and he has to have 16 rushing touchdowns. I don't see that happening. I actually think Henry is going to be the uh, leading rusher this season. Okay. Well, you guys could have him because he will not be on my team. In fact, yeah, I don't, there's a long list of people I would probably take before Henry, but that's fine. Hey. I don't know why you would say it's that long of a list because it can't be. Eric Henry is a is a single back. Like no one's surplanting him in Tennessee. Fine, it's not a long list. I was just making a point. 
Kamara, like, but I will say Kamara is on that list. It's along of what? It's a list of what? Two guys? No, at least eight guys. But still, Kamara's on that list. I would take Kamara before I take Henry. I, I hope you draft Kamara this year. And I well, I can't. I'm not. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not saying Kamara's a on the front of my list. <laughs> I'm just saying he's ahead of Henry. He's not ahead of Henry. No way. He's not ahead of Dalvin Cook. He might not. Hey, hey, here's one for you. He might not even be ahead of Joe Mixon. Now you're talking some shit. Well, no, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to be quite mad at that, but yeah, that's, right. that's, that's debatable. But Just okay, remember but- to all our listeners, I'm usually right are always right and he's usually wrong so take it as you will take it as you will take it as you will with that final quote we're gonna knock off the running backs now so now we're going we're going into ride receivers there's no other running backs all right thank you ride receivers (laughs) going to ride receivers here (laughs) that was good timing on that one actually okay going into ride receivers Moving uh, on. So we're in the court or they're in the court. <laughs> I'd like a cheeseburger. Uh, particular ones that actually you guys both agreed and disagreed on. Joe disagreed on Chris Godwin. Sabri agreed to Godwin. Sabri, why? Why do I like Chris Godwin? Aside from the fact um, that Tom Brady's on the Tampa Bay. <laughs> all right. Know. Moving on. <laughs> uh, how about how about Tom Brady only knows how to throw to his slot receiver? And oh, Chris Godwin happens to be his slot receiver. So Tom Brady is known for making average wide receivers such as Wes Welker, such as um, Amendola, such as Edelman, into well above average to great wide receivers. So now he actually has a slot receiver that is actually really good playing in the slot. Oh, there's dude. Chris Godwin is going to be amazing this year. Amazing. Chris Godwin with Jameis Winston last year had, and Jameis Winston is not accurate at all, had 1,300 yards. He had nine touchdowns. He had 121 targets, and 86 of them were catches. I'm projecting Chris Godwin to be close to 100 catches this year. So he's, he's currently be amazing. He's currently ranked sixth on ESPN list. Would you consider him a top three this year with that? Because it's not like you're going all in on Godwin. No, no, he's top six. I wouldn't say top three. Six uh, is wait, wait. You're gonna you're gonna go on and on like that, and then back off. I didn't back say, off. Oh, he's just number six according, according to ESPN's rankings. Yeah, I could agree to number six. You, you can't hype a guy like that and then just I say, did it. Yeah, I take I him did number it. six. Are you it. kidding? Number six? It's not like hey. I said he was number 26. You made him sound like he's the god of slot receivers now yeah, and coming in with like, Brady coming is, in. All right. No. borderline nonsense at this point. So let me, let me reestablish some nonsense. order to the fantasy world here. How is that, that nonsense? He's ranked nonsense. six. I, hey, I would take me, him above Tyreek Hill. Let me. How about that? Me, I think you're nuts. Hold uh-huh. on. Let let me let me ask yeah. you a very a very simple question here as it regards to Tampa Bay. Nothing's okay. ever simple with you. Well, this is a very simple question. Did Tampa Bay add more weapons or take more away? 
I don't know who you consider weapons. Oh, gosh. Okay, so Tampa Bay has added more mouths <laughs> to feed in their passing game. It's no, a very simple not. equation. Yes, they did. And when those mouths add, are on my do not list. So. When you when you add uh, – I'm, I'm putting this out there right now. I'm telling everyone uh, out there, do not draft the Tampa Bay receivers. If you believe in them – then you need to take Tom Brady as a top-tier quarterback because the the numbers that they are projecting, the Tampa Bay uh, receivers and tight ends are going to take down in receptions and touchdowns. Tom Brady is going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy this season. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Where do you have have Tom Brady ranked? Where do you have Tom Brady ranked? Uh, I don't have him ranked. I'm not going to take Tom Brady. He's on my do not draft list. Tom Brady's on your do not draft list? I am not drafting anyone in Tampa Bay. There except one person. (laughs) We already discussed him. (laughs) We did? It was, it was Ronald Jones because I think there's a, there's, there's a serious upside to the value pick on him being the, the veteran that's going to be leading the running game there. So There's you think, you think the they paid $30 million to a quarterback so they could hand off the ball to Ronald Jones? Oh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm that's exactly what you un- said. I disagree. Un- you- think about all the changing parts there. They base a lot of these projections off of what they did the previous season as well. Which is I, exactly why I think Chris Godwin's going to be terrific. Because Tom Brady's just going to throw that five-yard pass. He's not going to be terrific. Because there's more. Marvelous. Marvelous. You're making it out. Okay. Okay. You see, and this this is where you can't make that statement and then say that what I had to say about Teddy Bridgewater is so wrong. Because if you look... Look at who's there on the list right under Mike Evans at number nine. It's DJ Moore. DJ Moore at wide receiver will be better this season than Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or Kenny Galladay. No. Debatable. He will not be be better. No, not debatable. Maybe Mike Evans, fine. I don't care. He's not about – this is about Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is going to be better. Give you another one. Give me another one. Adam Thielen will be better than both of them. Um, I that like Thielen. That I, be, yeah, I will not. It just Thielen will and DJ Moore will both be better than Chris Godwin and Mike Evans this season. Guarantee well, it. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would take that bet. You, you can't. You can't look at the trends. By the way, people, I am definitely a betting man. You, no, you, so you can't look at these trends and these numbers and, and disassociate things. James, because if you need to control this man, do you have anything else more for us to say? Because now we're just going back and forth. We're going to finish six and eight in receiving. Tom Brady should be in the top tier of quarterbacks that are being taken. I do find it funny, though, that Joe's do not list is both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans is basically the Tampa Bay right here. Yeah, he's basically saying Tampa Bay is going to be garbage. So I'm curious what, uh, why he doesn't like Tom Brady and why, (laughs) who's he had a guess? First of all, I am not a fan of Tom Brady's quarterback style. We all know he can't throw further than 10 yards. Isn't, isn't Joe a Rams fan? Boom. That's everything you need to know of why he doesn't like Tom Brady. Well, I got to question Joe's criticism on Chris Godwin because I look on the do list. He has Adam Thien, which I like. Calvin Ridley, sure. 
Brandon Cooks, good. Then I see this person down here, Larry Fitzgerald. Why are you still drafting Larry Fitzgerald? Because he likes grandfathers. Larry, Larry Fitzgerald at his current draft position is going to outperform. He's going to outperform those numbers. He has his what 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 is his draft? What is his draft position? My paper doesn't go that well. For people who are crushing, he's he's number sixty-five ranked out of the top one hundred wide receivers. He so I'm not telling people to draft Larry Fitzgerald to be your number one or two or anything like that, but the value that he's going to provide you as a fill-in on the bench for one of your starters during a bye week is going to be exactly what you need instead of fishing on the waiver wires to find a replacement larry fitzgerald if you can get him with like one of your your late round picks because you already have your wide receivers intact and your running backs intact burn a pick on larry fitzgerald late rounds throw him in there they love getting him the ball they design plays specifically to get him the ball he's a veteran when the game is on the line, they trust him with the ball. So, you know, while you'll be sitting there, probably, you know, clenching your fists and cursing me for the first three quarters of a game, when the fourth quarter rolls around, I guarantee you they start targeting Fitzgerald and they start giving him the ball and he will make for a good fill-in bring a bye for any of your wide receivers. So make sure he's on your list sure you target him and just have him stashed away on your bench to fill in where needed so i'll just counter and make this easy don't waste the draft pick don't draft him he's not worth it if you want to do what he says then just pick him up on the waiver wire during the bye week because that's where he's gonna be james we owe somebody the listeners a good wide receiver throw out another wide receiver out there well, some of the ones that you guys didn't listen, this is more kind of like my picks on some of the people that I'm currently looking for that I don't think actually you guys listed out. So Adam Thien, obviously, he's one. He's another person on my list. Robert Woods, who I didn't see listed on either of your two lists, who I think is actually going to have a good season this year. Okay. I don't know if you guys have any comments on that. Another pick that I like, though, that Sabri had on his is Calvin Ridley. Okay. Who I think is an underestimated I'll, right receiver. Go ahead. I'll, I'll talk about all three of them. And I'll put them in order. So let's go Ridley, Thielen, and then let's go Woods. So Ridley is going to be on a high-flying offense this year. I think Atlanta's defense is about a little maybe above average. Atlanta's defense is their offense. Let's be well. Yeah, they're a little better. But, yeah, okay. I, I just think Ridley, there's a statistic on Ridley where he's finished as a wide receiver to about 60% of the time. That's pretty impressive. Um, this is going to be his third year. Typically, wide receivers break out their third year. He he just has everything. He's on the right offense. He has a good quarterback. He has everything that says, hey, this guy could be a breakout player this year, especially for where he's being drafted. I like Thielen. Thielen is also, he's a little risky with injuries, but I do like him in the sense as Diggs is gone. There's a couple young receivers. Hold on. You can't can't be critical of me being speculative on Alvin Kamara's health and then come on and say Thielen might get hurt. 
Can I tell you about the three wide receivers? I said I like him. I didn't say I didn't like him. I said he could get hurt, but I still like him. So don't. I still like him. Don't crush me over that. Don't crush me over that. And then tell me, tell me that you're gonna bring up some fantasy. Where's the damn gavel? All right, so as I was saying, Thielen, even though he could be injury prone, I like him. Diggs is gone. He is a slot receiver. Kirk Cousins tends to target him, and they have a good connection together. I like Thielen this year. And as far as Robert Woods go, Robert Woods is underrated as the sense as he didn't score a lot of touchdowns last year. But out of those three, he's probably going to be the safest pick. He's not going to be one of those players who gets you a lot of points, but he's going to be one of those players where his floor, he's going to be a consistent 12 to 16 points. He's going to get his certain catches, his certain targets a game. And if he scores a touchdown, that's a bonus. So I actually like those three players you named, James. Joe, any arguments against those? Okay, first of all, I'm going to I'm going to endorse Adam Thieland and I'm going to explain to people why other than I like him. Um he he's, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. He's going to this hard for me to make this not our rated. Adam Adam Thieland, Adam Thieland is going to jump ahead Mike Evans and Chris Godwin this season in fantasy and the reason why is because the Minnesota offense is not going to change a whole lot outside of Diggs leaving which opens up more opportunities to Thielen now Thielen likes to run they they run him uh, usually I believe it's in the slot they run him and they like to run a lot of over the middle uh, kind of safety routes that they play off of with play action and that's where he gets a lot of his his points and his receptions and whatnot. So uh, if you wanted to dive all in on the Minnesota offense with, uh, oh gosh, the running back cooks and, uh, and Adam Thielen, I think you'll, you'll be in for a, a, a nice fantasy season if you decided to grab both of them because the, they run the play action there uh, constantly. That's why they paid the money they did to Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is the most accurate play action passer in the league statistically. So I see according to Pro Football Focus, I see Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen as the Jordy Nelson or Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers kind of combo back in the day, and that was a dangerous combo, and it scares me because they're in the division as my Packers as well. So that kind of that's going to be a tough matchup, and Green Bay plays them. But I see that as a good combination between the two, so especially since then Stefan Diggs left. He's now with Buffalo. I see that as a really dangerous combination. He's going to get force fed the ball uh, a lot more. Um, I'm not, so I'm not down. You, you mentioned uh, Robert Woods with LA. I'm not down on him. The thing that people need to kind of keep an eye on that's going on with Robert Woods is he's in the middle of uh, contract discussions with the Rams and he's trying to get a new contract hammered out with them. Um, as of right now, I haven't seen anything come through, but supposedly he's a little grumpy about that. And so typically I like to stay away from guys that are, I guess, mentioning their dissatisfaction with a team and, and them paying them. 
So um, that's my only concern with Robert Woods. I, I think he'll perform just fine at his, you know, average draft position for your team. Um, the uh, who was the who's the third one that you mentioned, James Ridley. Ridley. Uh, so the thing the thing that's tricky about Ridley, I like him also. He's the thing with Ridley is going to be draft capital that you have to spend to get him. Because depending on the league that you're in, you're going to have to be flexible because I could see someone going, you know, full, I'm in love with the guy and, and paying more for him than someone like an Adam Thielen or even an Odell Beckham Jr. Or maybe even a Jojo, a Juju Smith-Schuster. I could even see someone paying uh, more for him than Robert Woods that you mentioned previously. So, I mean, if, if he starts commanding too much draft capital to get him on your team, uh, I mean, I might shy away from him, but if people, if he goes at the, the draft position or at the value that you're projecting him at in that average value range. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would grab Calvin Ridley. I, I think he's he'll currently project to the fourth round. I mean, he's, he's gonna, he's probably gonna outproduce that, that 20 rank. But in saying that, I, I also have kind of a sneaky suspicion Julio Jones falls out of the top five. Right. Which means Ridley goes up possibly. Yep. I don't disagree with that Julio Jones and I don't necessarily know Ridley will go up. A lot of that is heavily weighed on their quarterback, Matt Ryan. It depends on what Matt Ryan is going to show up this year. We're going to get the Matt Ryan who was uh, the uh, Super Bowl contender to get beaten by, you know, comeback uh, champ, uh, you know, Tom Brady, or we're going to get the Matt Ryan who's basically wants to be Brett Favre and throw a bunch of interceptions. It really depends on what Matt Ryan shows up. It's going to come down to the scheme that they run in Atlanta. That's what it's going to come down to. I think they're all so, fine. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't, I, I mean, mean, I don't they know. They do have more feel. threats now, I mean, because we get, they got Todd Gurley now, so they got extra running back threats, so they can incorporate that play action like they couldn't do the previous seasons because of injuries and whatnot. So there, there's an opportunity there. It's iffy, but. It, if you get can, the Todd yeah. Gurley from two years ago that took the Rams to the Super Bowl, then I, I could see Atlanta going to the Super Bowl. But if you don't, if you don't get that, th- then you're not going to have the the play action passing that you need to protect Matt Ryan and uh, you know the the nice the nice fantasy numbers that you're going to want to see in Julio and Ridley. Okay, that's fair. Fair, good points all around. So going off from the red receiver, now we're going to go up to tight ends. And what's funny? in tight ends is everybody's talking about Gronk this season is because Gronk is coming out of retirement. He's going with Tom Brady and both of you guys have him as do not drafts. Why? I think we need to talk to the Tampa Bay apologist over here about <laughs> why he would be on his do not draft list, but yet Godwin is at the top. That's actually a good point. Uh, Mr. Tom Brady. That's Brady's a horrible a point. Don't stick up for him. Wonderful point. Oh. Don't draft Gronkowski because they're throwing to Godwin. How about that point? How about don't draft Gronk because he's just a name? So how about, why wouldn't don't, you say don't draft, about, don't draft Mike Evans because they're throwing to Godwin? I mean, according James, to you, Godwin's going to be do not the list. number one wide James, receiver who's, in football. Who's on my do not Tom list? Brady's going to be horrible. Let James answer the question. Who's uh, on my do not list? You do have Mike Evans as a do not draft. Who? He didn't hear you. I heard it. I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> I heard it. 
Yeah. So, do not so draft Mike Evans. Yeah. Do not draft Gronkowski because Godwin is going to be the real deal. But we're talking about Gronkowski. He's just a name. He missed the whole season. He lost a lot of weight. It's going to be hard to get back in rhythm, hard to get back in shape. He does have a, a good rapport with Tom Brady, but he's another year older. It's Rapport is not going to be enough. He has a younger, probably better receiving tight end than O.J. Howard. They're just not – Gronkowski's going to be touchdown dependent. If he's in your starting lineup, if he doesn't score a touchdown, you just probably got a zero for that position. So don't draft Gronkowski. Okay, what do you think, Joe? So Rob Gronkowski, I, I'm just saying no because I, I don't think he's going to help your team to start the season. I think, I think what's going to happen is, is someone's going to pay too much draft capital to, to get him on their team. And then what's going to end up happening is, is he's going to be one of the first people that gets cut from someone's team. And when that happens, I think what people need to do is they need to be, you know, aware of that. And, you know, different sites allow you to flag certain players. So it notifies you when something happens with them. But uh, I think Rob Gronkowski could be a sneaky pickup later in the season because what Tom Brady likes to do with Gronk is he uses him as a safety blanket. So because they have rapport, they've played together for, you know, the bulk of Gronkowski's career. And I just, I think what will end up happening is he'll get, he'll get cut at some point. And later in the season, if you need a tight end and you can snipe him on the waiver wires, I think that wouldn't be a bad pickup because he may yield some, some points later down the road, down the season, or he might not be used at all. I mean, that's, I'm just, I'm trying to kind of project some of the upside to it, but I mean, I'm just not, he's kind of a wait and see. You can't lose all the weight that he lost and be the big physical guy with, you know, three DBs draped all over him and still catching a ball. Like he slimmed down significantly. I think he needed the year off to rest his body, but I'm, I'm worried about the weight loss because he was, he was a big imposing figure. So I don't disagree with Sabri on that at all, but I, I think, I think he's worth flagging and, and keeping an eye on. I'm in agreement too. I see Gronkowski. I see him as a person who's being used for blocking, even though, like you said, the weight problem, uh, well, not weight problem, but the weight loss that he has, he's not the big, strong Gronk that he normally was. I see him as uh, a threat in the end zone only, really, being a 6'6 uh, tight end, even though O.J. Howard is also 6'6 as well. But I do see him as being a red zone threat, and I think that's where they would go majority of the time. Not Godwin. I think they would go for Gronk more in the red zone. So it's a little bit of higher value in that sense. But he's still on my don't draft list. I mean, there's there's other tight ends out there that are safer than Gronkowski that are going kind of in that same that same area. I would I would draft a Austin Hooper before I would Gronkowski for sure. I probably would draft a Jared Cook before Gronkowski. <laughs> just, just saying, something like that. Another one that actually he was on my list that you guys have him as a do not is Hunter Henry. What do you guys got against vegans? Oh man. Is he vegan? Oh, I knew there was something I didn't like about him. Hey, I'll, I, if you want, I'll, mine's real short. I'll just, I'll put it out there. I am not drafting any Chargers. Stay away from the Chargers offense. It's, it's going to be in disarray. No one knows what it's going to look like. 
you know, if people are telling you they know something about the Chargers offense, that's that's BS. I mean, when you're when you jettison, you know, someone like a Philip Rivers, uh, I love I I do love Tyrod Taylor as a as an NFL quarterback and an NFL player. Um, I'm not saying for fantasy purposes necessarily I like him, but um, I think Tyrod's had a around in the NFL and he's a super talented player. Uh, I just I don't trust the Chargers to do it right. I'm selling anything and everything Chargers this season. I don't want anything to do with Henry, um, Keenan Allen, or their running backs or their quarterbacks. I, I think I think many of those players are very talented, but I just until I and until they put together something and they prove it to me, uh, I, I'm just I'm selling on it all. Yeah. So the issue with Hunter Henry is ESPN has him ranked as the number eight tight end. Yeah, the issue with this is Rob Gronkowski's number nine, Austin Hooper's number 10, Noah Fant's number 11, Jared Cook's number 12, Mike Gusecki's number 13. It's like there's nobody's at the position, so I see why they put him at number eight. But then again, I'm not drafting him because that means you're drafting him towards the mid-late round. And no, don't even waste a pick on a tight end at that point. You just wait till the last end of the rounds and you draft your tight end. If you haven't got one of the top seven, then don't even waste a pick on a tight end at that point. Top seven? Yeah. Really? They have Henry at number eight. Okay. Like, who do you like? Austin Hooper? No, I would. No, no, no. Well, look, yeah. you've got to draft in some leagues, unless you're playing in a no tight end league, you, you have to draft a tight end at some point. Yeah, and I mean, I'm saying wait till the end of the later rounds. I, I think I if think you don't got a top seven, then you're going to be wasting a draft pick when you could be drafting another position player. That's just how I view the tight end. When it comes to the tight end position. It has everything to do with the offense that they're in. Okay. Travis Kelsey is a wonderful tight end. He's he's easily probably going to be the number one NSC tight end this year. No doubt about it. Uh, he's in a pass-first offense. Yeah, but it, you're saying everything get, we already know. We're talking about number eight, but, Hunter Henry. Yeah, number eight, Hunter Henry. I mean, you're you're saying that the rest of the top seven in front of him are are total gimmies, and I, I disagree. No, I think they're gimmies. I say once you pass seven – do not waste a draft pick on them until you get to the later rounds. I, I don't know if I would tell someone to waste a pick uh, after the top, what, three? Well, then say that. You didn't say that. So who, you want to draft Mark? I would draft Mark Andrews and Darren Waller with a mid-round pick. Evan Ingram, I could draft. I, would, yeah. I, would, I, could, I, I could justify it. I'm not going to say I would. I could justify it. But once you pass you Tyler Higby, no, don't draft. I hope you're ready for this. Here's, I'm ready. Go. Evan Ingram's going to be the number two fantasy tight end this year. All right. He's still in the top seven, which goes he's, with what I was saying. He's number, he's number six right now. I would, I would go after Evan Ingram. How early would you draft Evan Ingram? I would maybe mid-rounds. Would you draft him before Chris Godwin? <laughs> oh brother. <laughs> uh exactly. on my no draft list. So if I'm choosing between Ingram and Godwin, I'll I most likely already have wide wide receivers that I want instead of Godwin. So yeah. And now we Ingram. know why I have four rings. Oh. <laughs> 
All right. So, yeah, as far as Henry goes, yeah, I don't like the spot ESPN has him in, so I'd wait on the tight end. Do you got anyone yeah. else for us, James? Well, tight ends is always one of those. It's the least focused position that I normally put on, unless I can get somebody really early or uh, sneak somebody and outbid somebody in uh, in our league, like with Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or uh, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz actually is pretty highly – I'm looking at him a lot this season. I do like Evan Ingram, so I do agree with Joe with that. Uh, Jared Cook. I have a soft spot for Jared Cook. I don't know why. Former Packer. I just have, you know, it's a special spot for Jared Cook that I always look at him and kind of, I kind of want to draft him. But that that's just <laughs> that's just me. That soft spot in your heart is going to be a soft zero in your fantasy team. Don't do it. I would probably pick Jared Cook over Hunter Henry. Pretty sure. They're all the same to me at that point. Hey, I would I would point out I would just say I think I think a lot of people need to pay more attention to Blake Jarwin of the Dallas Cowboys. He's gonna that. be he's gonna be a tremendous value pick. If you look at the numbers, how they were broken down uh, with his timeshare, with um, with oh, what's his, with uh, Witten after he came back last season. I mean, the numbers, if you were to combine them with the two of them, I mean, Jarwin should be a top 10 tight end. So, I mean, if you're you're seriously looking at someone like a a Hunter Henry or a Rob Gronkowski, but you don't want to pay the draft capital, I would tell you, wait, snipe Blake Jarwin in later rounds and and load up at running back wide receiver, maybe even get a, a, a slightly better quarterback than what you were planning. Isn't that what I just said? I swear I just said that. Once you pass seven, don't draft the tight end until the oh. end, and you could get someone like a Blake Jarwin, an Herb Smith, a Johnu Smith. I do Chris suggest Kirchner. if you if you are one of those who are going for Rob Gronkowski, pick up OJ Howard as well. Make sure he's on your backup list. All right, do not listen to James, people. What he just said is fantasy nonsense. Do not there's, draft a second tight end on the yes, same team. There's no such thing as a, a tight end handcuff. I would not do that ever. There's if, a if reason you, why I beat you guys randomly <laughs> that you try to figure out what the hell happened. How did I lose to oh, James? Man. And you're going to remember what the hell OJ Howard had 40 points that game. Why didn't I, I pick him up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not against OJ Howard. I'm just against you having two tight ends. I think Gronkowski is going to injure himself and he's going to be out for a few games. So I think OJ Howard would be good to have. So you pick him up. Do not draft two tight ends, people. Don't do not do it. <laughs> Look, me and Joe agreed on something. <laughs> Don't listen to James and draft two tight ends. There's a reason I get I got called the Voodoo Master for a reason. <laughs> I do not doubt that. But still, <laughs> I don't care how much voodoo. Do not draft two tight ends. Unless James is at your house with a voodoo doll in front of your face, then okay. Just for that, I'm ends. drafting three tight ends this season just to show you guys what's up. So let me let me throw let me throw something out there. Just just pure crazy talk. Think I think it's interesting that they have Tyler Eifert listed as the thirtieth ranked tight end. So he moved from Cincinnati to Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's going to have competition for targets in Jacksonville, and they're not inept at quarterback, and they're going to be playing from behind a lot. 
dude, you guys in the we're trying to get like these people. There's only twelve people drafting. You're naming the number thirtieth tight end. They can pick up waiver wires. But you need oppor- You you got to look at opportunity cost, man. You you want guys that are going to get targets. So you don't even have to draft Tyler Eifert. You could pick him up. Um, as far as do I think he's going to be potential? I think he could be a good streamer. Maybe see who he's playing each week. But I would definitely not draft him. I would I... not draft him. Pick him up the on a if you have a bye week or an injury. Or maybe he has a good matchup and see how he does. But no, don't waste the draft pick. But, but according to you, everyone after seven is the same. Yeah. So I just said. Yeah. So what does it matter if they draft him? Okay, you got to draft somebody. Oh exactly. My God, stop taking it verbatim. <laughs> but draft. Didn't you hear my compliment on Blake Jarwin? I like Blake Jarwin. You could draft someone like Blake Jarwin. Uh, I like I like TJ Hawkinson. I like his potential. You know, you, there's better players than Hunter Henry, but there's hey. but I will say this: take Hunter Henry before Tyler Eifert. How's that? <laughs> How's that, Joe? That, I'll take Tyler that? Eifert in front of Hunter Henry. Okay, You're you crazy. Go. So you <laughs> could have Tyler Eifert and Hunter Henry. I'll have Chris Godwin. There we go. There's our teams. Sounds that. good to me. So that's all the ones that we have listed. Uh, do you guys have any honorable mentions you want to bring up as far as like kickers or defenses or anything <laughs> like that? I mean, hey, kickers, you know, at least in our league, you know, there's a little bit of an advantage to getting the you know best player in the position that you get. So who knows? Somebody might be looking for at a kicker. Um, I, would, I would say this might be a, a year with, with all the COVID stuff going on. You, you may actually, and this is going to sound maybe really dumb to a lot of people out there, but I'm actually entertaining the idea of taking a defense earlier because, and I'm talking about like an elite defense, like a, like a Niners, a Bills, Steelers, Ravens, um, the Patriots defense don't draft half their defense is gone due to COVID. Uh, they're not going to perform the same way they did. Um, Savvy's taking notes. I'm, 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 I'm thinking I want to have the first defense off the board. I want to be able to choose the first defense off the board because round so, 10, you draft the defense in round 10. I think I might go nine or eight, make sure I get it. Cause, and, and hear me out, hear me out. I, I normally would not endorse that strategy, but given the, the year with COVID and whatnot. So in order for an NFL offense or any football offense to work, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of repetition with, uh, with the players and the personnel and, and things going, going on. And I'm, I'm sure Sabri would agree with that. And I don't think they're going to have enough repetitions in the offenses with the players and the personnel and everything that they're going to need to be very proficient early on in the season. So if you, play in a fantasy league where you get generous totals um, on defensive performances I, I think you could see some fantasy teams winning week in and week out off of a defensive performance if you if you if you get high enough uh, totals out of it and having an elite defense it could be the difference between you winning um, you know your first three four five games this season opposed to having a, you know, just an average defense. 
So I will have to say this again. Do not listen to them. Do not draft a defense <laughs> in round eight or nine. There's reason these rules are put in fantasy place. Do not draft a defense in round eight or nine. All right. I I do agree if if there is a defense that if if the rules are built where defense give a little bit more points than normal, okay, go a little bit early. But do not go round eight or nine. You let the idiots in your league go round eight or nine. You draft another running back, another wide receiver while they're doing that. You make sure you stack up your, your bench or your starting lineup before you get a defense. You don't know how it's going to play out. You don't know getting that top defense is going to work. You could stream week to week, and that defense could be just as good with the right matchups as the top-ranked defense. So do not, do not, do not draft a defense in round eight or nine. If you don't listen to me, I'm sorry um, for drafting a defense at eight and nine. I, I would, I just, I think given the year and kind of what's going on, I, I think it's actually safer to draft a defense earlier, especially an elite one. Do not draft a defense in round eight or nine. I stand by it. Do not do it. Hmm. We, we are talking you, around how, your how, third running back. How are you react, Sabri, when a defensive is actually – because in our league, it's a auction league. So yes. if a defense went early, would you bet An on? auction or, or a snake? An auction. Snake doesn't so for everyone out there, auction's a little bit different. Auction typically defense goes one, two dollars. Um, yeah, I everyone has their limits. Sometimes these Seattle defense or whatever go for four or five bucks. But yeah, one to two dollars. There it is. So yeah. would you think it'd be a strategy per se to throw out and to get some of these people to waste some money early is to throw out a defense super early and have players bid on it? Because obviously, if, if you want, like a lot of people are going to go for the 49ers defense. A lot of people. No, are if you want defense. people to spend money, you throw the top players out early. If you, yeah, that's just how it works. No one's going to throw gonna Chris go Godwin out early, is what yeah, you do. Yeah, exactly. You know going to pay the moon for him. Yes. If you want me to pay money, you throw Chris Godwin out there. If you want me to spend $2, you throw a defense out there. That's just how it works. What I'm saying, though, in an auction league, though, if you snake a 49ers defense for a dollar in the eighth round. Then that's a great – oh, but that's different. You can't go auction in rounds. So uh, if you go by rounds equivalent to dollars in the auction league, we're talking about around 6 bucks. Right. Do not spend $6 on the defense. So, yeah. yes, I stand the same. I know you were trying to trap me there, but no, <laughs> I stand by it. Either, no matter what kind of league you're on, Snake not, Draft, Auction League. Not trying to trap, but I'm, tra- I'm trying to explain certain strategies that a person can actually do. Defense is definitely a strategy, but I stand, it's the same. Do not overpay. Do not draft early. Just have to know what the rules are. As it pertains to defense, and I think it it matters especially this year because I don't think offenses are going to be as sharp going into the first, you know, three, four, five weeks of the season. They're going to need that as their preseason to get warmed up and going. So offenses are not going to be good. the The COVID season, in my opinion, favors the defense heavily. So if you have leagues that pay, you know, or score points 
you know, heavily, uh, you know, big scores you, you get week in and week out out of your defenses, it's worth spending a little extra draft capital, get an elite defense that you that you feel is going to be you know, at the top. And I'm talking like the Niners, the Bills, uh, the Steelers, the Ravens, um, you know, maybe even the Bears. The Bears were a pretty good defense also last year before people started getting hurt. So I, I would I would definitely be looking at those. No arguments, just don't overpay. Don't overpay. That's good. And and because we're running out of time, I just want to say this. I'm not going to give reasons why. Don't draft Fournette. Don't draft David Johnson. Don't draft Mark Ingram. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, if any of you guys actually do have fantasy questions or you're kind of curious and using this actually as a fantasy strategy for your upcoming draft, first of all, sorry. Second of all, if you have any questions, look into the description of this podcast. <laughs> look in the description of this podcast. You will find a link to be able to submit a message. You can ask a question to either one of our two awesome fantasy football analysts here. I'm sure Joseph would be more than happy to come back and answer a couple of questions. I'm sure Sabri always will too. So with that, unless you guys got anything else, I think that's a wrap. All right, everyone. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, Joe, thanks for coming on. Your official first guest. It was a pleasure at times and not so much at other times. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, I had a blast. We love you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you were here. Thanks for coming. Everyone out there, uh, stay safe. Have a good week. Be safe, everybody.